0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Really, really special episode today, in my opinion. Uh, Not just somebody who I am uh, a huge fan of, also a close
1: personal friend. We've got Adrian Bosman on the show. I was stoked to get Bos on the program. He was fired up to be on, and I appreciated that enthusiasm. But Bos is one of those, he's one of the people that's been at the company as long as I have. I've seen the evolution of him with regards to his roles, his responsibilities, his impact on the community, and he is always fun to talk to because I enjoy talking to people that have strong opinions and can articulate why they have those opinions and boss 100% kind of fits into that niche. So
0: lessons from interactions with over 15,000 people, 300 plus seminars in the CrossFit world and talk about tattoos without any further ado here is our conversation with adrian bosman
2: wait so there's no visual
0: no so i could be here pantsless do it it's, it's possible it's possible but what actually is that I- topic today boz is a never nude now boz has painted <laughs> himself into a corner literally it's not true i saw him he, he, he had to deep pants in the gym the other day for the team series to change into shorts it's as if his pants never came off. <laughs> Head to toe ink. Well, working on it. Still got a ways to go.
2: What are the major areas of no tattoos at the moment? Um, chest and right lower leg and then like a bunch of connect the dots.
1: You know, with the tats, obviously you're a tattoo enthusiast. But is it is it every single tattoo... Uh, is there is there a thought process and you love it and each one's chosen that way or then did it become to a certain point where you're like now the goal is pretty much coverage and not necessarily an incredible passionate love of each individual tattoo or is that still survived oh no that's still survived <clears throat> i mean each each one has such
2: depth and meaning and no i mean maybe <laughs> not that but but yeah no they still yeah why would you do it if you if you didn't like each one
0: yeah, I mean, to, but to what degree to like each I, their own so right? curiosity for a man with with zero tattoos now. I, and I know and like, I know the significance of Pats, for example, and uh, I am I'm super curious to like, for, for example, like, do you ever go through your lexicon and be like, oh, yeah, well, this one I got at X, Y and Z time and I got it because I like this artist or because I had this specific yeah. meaning tied to it. Uh, yeah, I, I think people get oddly literal
2: when they talk about meaning in tattoos you know, like it doesn't have to be so directly tied to anything significant in your life, in my opinion, the way that most visual art is abstract to some degree. Um, because by the nature of it being visual, it's an abstraction of what's actually real, right? I feel like I'm not articulating this. No, it's well, actually, you're but, doing great. But no, they they don't have to be literal interpretations of what's important to you. And uh, so in that sense, what was the question? Well, I think you hit it. You, I think you, you nailed it. But just, freedom, right? I mean, yeah. it's like some people, it has
1: to be this and that. And other people, are like, no, I just like it, thought it was cool and fun. So I got it. And it's a cool, fun tattoo. And I pointed to it and said, I want it. So and it, neither one's well, right or wrong. No, no, no.
2: no I, but, uh, but I mean, it, you get back to meaning. Like, I think you can find meaning in the process. And there are people that take that craft very seriously. And the dedication, the hard work that they exhibit through you know, what they're doing translates through at least if you know what to look for and uh, I think that has a lot of meaning
1: in and of itself I remember when we were and we'll do a little intro here in a second but I remember when we were this year filming the regional events at Rogue and you were there as well and somebody tapped me on the shoulder I was doing something and they just kind of pointed behind, I was like, All right. I turned around and I looked to the other end of our little secret lair that we were in. And and much like the experience that you just had, I saw two uh, naked hindquarters back there. One was Mr. Adrian Bosman against a wall and the other was uh, Jason McDonald against the wall. And I believe there Never was nude. A, I believe there was an individual <laughs> snapping a photo. Of both men with the pants down on their ankles, I was like, "Well, that's just the thing that's happening right now." <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes this a special work environment. Well, hey, Those no, who I, left early, I took out. it in. I took it in. Wait, Wait, let, a, me just, let me just let, let me just put it in, you
2: know, terms that may be more uh, <laughs> best, mutually understandable. Less up against the wall. <laughs> Less up against the wall. Yeah, so that happened. That's true. Um,
0: I just still don't understand what happened. People take well, pictures. No, no. Of your so butt.
2: Jason McDonald and I. <laughs> we're both working on uh, back pieces at the time. and uh, you know, we were kind of, it takes a long time to get a tattoo that big, and uh, you know, the time scale can be years to finish something like that. And so we had for the last, I think two years at regionals, taken like a progress shot together, and that was the last time that we had been together with updated progress so we took a shot right right and don't
0: you get uh hold on hold on let me put it let
2: me put it in the perspective of you know like you see a group of crossfitters together and you're not crossfitting they have weird behaviorisms wouldn't you agree no question about that you're deep in it now so maybe you don't see it but like it's not normal to wear a sports bra and booty shorts <laughs> to like go
0: grocery shopping or whatever. No, I think it's weird. It's weird enough to that it's been, it's even been spoofed in, in pop culture. I mean, like yeah, it sure, it's, it's very noticeable. But I think that's you're gonna find that is true for almost any subculture, and tattoo culture is no different. So. Right, right. How? Um, see, I'm so OCD. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine something being incomplete, like quote unquote. In my mind for years, yeah. you know, in my body, like I just be, ah, I just want, I, I always want to finish a task, like start to clean, clean the house. Like I would just want everything done and perfect. Um, what's the, what's the loyalty to an artist? You know what I mean? Like do you, is every tattoo on your body from the same artist in other words? No, or is, no not at all. <clears throat> um, I mean, some people like to do that,
2: I guess. It's not a thing. Uh, it It is, it can be a thing, but I don't think it has to be. Yeah, you know, some people they really they dedicate themselves to that. And you know, there's I think different traditions in that too. You look at like a really traditional style of being tattooed in Japan or Polynesia and yeah, that's that's how it is like you pick the master and you go and you get it all done by them and that's it, but that's not so much the case in North America, Europe, you know. We're all Americans here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I was more referring to the fact that, you know, people do get
1: tattooed in Europe. No, I was bringing your recent citizenry. But uh, uh, out of curiosity, you know, we make the assumption that, you know, we've known you forever, Boz, and you're, yeah. a fi- you're a fixture in the community, if you will, for better or for worse.
2: Yeah, well, hey.
1: You're here now. But I think, you know, that a lot of people maybe don't know and you might have covered this previously you know because you've done a couple podcasts but for people just tuning into this one can you can you give just like a 90 second two minute how in the heck did you go what's crossfit oh i'm kind of working for them and now i'm I'm sitting in this chair today doing a podcast you know what's
2: who is the Um, boss
1: yeah okay so cliff notes yeah cliff notes
2: uh moved to san francisco started working out with some friends they said I was good at it said I should do personal training so I did Uh, found the CrossFit website around 2004 did my level one started working at San Francisco CrossFit age Uh, how old was I 23 when I started working at San Francisco CrossFit Um, and then uh, through that I got a little more exposure to the people at HQ and uh, when they started needing help with seminars and events I was available and eventually they said they're going to pay me to show up and I said wow that's awesome and here <laughs> we are so if you would ask me at the time where do you see this going I would have had no
1: idea oh I, I will wholeheartedly agree with that do you remember who taught your set your that first seminar that you attended Oh, it was a bunch of people. It was it was big. It was one of those uh back
2: in the day of fifteen to twenty people on staff. Yeah, and it was I mean, there was there had to be seventy-five attendees. Mm-hmm. And um coach taught most of it. Hold on, ex- excuse me. <coughs>
1: <coughs>
0: That's the elevator music
2: that we turn oh, on. We just edit we that right talk. out. Yeah. Never yeah. happened. Sorry. Um I remember Andy Sakamoto was there. Uh, Nicole Carroll was there. Eva Twardokens was there. Um, a lot of the, you guys have like regular water.
0: I got a glass of it out there. Go grab it.
2: Um, a lot of the kind of peripheral program people like John Hackleman, right? Uh, Jeff Martone, I think that was the first time he'd been out and they had him do a little segment. Um, Bergener was there, you know, like all of the standbys. So it was, it was awesome. It was like a hall of fame. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a three day beatdown.
1: I was going to say exposed to an inappropriate amount of fitness. I mean, we must've worked (laughs) out six times
2: and then we were active all day and it was awesome and crushing. What, uh, so
0: I know some of this, but I don't really know probably as much as I think I do. You said your friend, you know, you're good at working out. Your friends encourage you to be a personal trainer. I know of circus training in your background, but what else? So what's your athletic background? Did you
2: grow up playing sports or anything? Kinda. I mean, I was involved in a lot of stuff. Like my parents are really good about getting me involved in everything, you know? Like, so when I was a kid, I played lots of stuff and you know, baseball and soccer and whatever, but not on like a really serious level, just an exposure level. Um, The thing I did the most when I was a kid was gymnastics. But again, it wasn't like super serious. Um, And then the area that I grew up in was really recreationally available. You know, we were 10 minutes from the beach and 30 minutes from the top of a ski hill. So my brother and I grew up doing a lot of like outdoorsy stuff. And, you know, I was always active, but never really
0: serious about pursuing a sport. Right. So then so how did that lead into the, uh, (laughs) the circus stuff? Did it come from? Was it just a crazy idea and you were like, screw it, let's do it?
2: Yeah, it was over. I, I did two years of uh, university and uh, was over it. Um, it was clear that what I was studying was not where I needed to be. And uh, just decided I needed to do something different for a little bit. Figured I'd take a year to figure out my life. And on the side, I was like, well, I'm just going to do some uh, acrobatics training. And um, there it is, you know, so I mean, it was really there wasn't a lot of forethought. Like my whole yeah. life, there hasn't been a lot of like, like people. I don't know, man. People talk about goal setting and people talk about five year plans, and like I, that's great and that's really cool that that works for people, but that's never been me. You like uh, the for better
1: or worse, had to borrow Pat's phrase. You, I mean, and the epitome of that is who in the heck would have known you attended that first level one seminar that that would one day lead to a career. In that very industry or company, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that
2: uh, if you would have told me that at time, I would have laughed at you, been like, "Yeah, okay, whatever," you know. But
1: you you know what's funny is I remember way back in the day when we we were both doing level ones. I mean, and you're still racking up numbers that blow my mind. That you know, one of my strongest suits. On this planet, I think is judging a book by its cover, you know. And <laughs> so I met without any depth or knowledge, and, and you if- knew right
2: away that we were going to be fast friends. Yeah, right, Pat? is that- <laughs>
1: And I just remember this kid, and you know, I, we came from you know different backgrounds. As you know, coming from the military, and there's this this young Canadian punk with blue hair, and I'm like, you know what, this guy's a little sideways, and he was always just a bit of an, a a bit of an enigma to me, just a mystery wrapped in a riddle, and. I would see him and how I would see him or upon initial perception of Adrian Bosman, young kid, blue hair, okay, whatever. And then I would talk with him and have lunch and I'm like, I would just be like, Who is this man? He's he's so articulate and he, he seems like he's lived a couple more lifetimes than he has, but then I'm like, How old are you? And you're like, oh, I'm twenty three. I was like, What? Just found I always found you to be a fascinating character from the very uh from the very get-go that kind of um uh, you can be a very you can be very deceiving i think upon initial you know you ride up in the harley with the tattoos you're like who's this guy a meth dealer <laughs> and then you talk to him you're like wow this is quite a renaissance man
2: uh, well thanks i mean that's that's a huge compliment pat i appreciate that i am um,
0: <laughs> but it's also and it also a couple of not
1: compliments no I not
2: at all I, I i don't
1: it was an honest it was my honest i was dead wrong yeah i, I don't like to be pigeonholed and I, and
2: I I I don't know. I I feel like people should be multifaceted and I, you know, hope that that, hope that I am that, you know,
1: I'm still working on it. I think that you are. And and getting back to, you know, we started working level ones together, traveling the world together. You know, back in the day, Rory was on the level one staff as well. I, you know, just burnt out and instead of hitting the bottle just came over here to media and you <laughs> but you stuck it out i think i bowed out just under 200 seminars and you right now are north of 300 correct uh, as far as i know i, I don't keep track but well, really, i would but say without told. question you're north of 300 but the question is just how far north and so for the for the people at home that you know we throw this around like it's common business so you know every weekend we have we have seminars around the world and there's a dedicated crew of people that instruct, give le- lectures, present our methodology. And so somebody like we did or like Adrian, you know, did as well, could be literally in a different city or country every weekend for about, unless you don't work Christmas and New Year's, about 50 weeks out of the year. And that is something upon... Initially, like, oh, it's great. You get to travel, this and that. And suddenly you forget what time zone you're in. You wake up. You're like, am I in Amsterdam? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> is this euros or francs? Or what are we doing here? And I mean, just that if on average there's 50 people per seminar, just the amount of people you have been in front of, presented material to, heard their questions, their concerns, what's on their mind, how has that, how has the person sitting in the audience changed from 2007, 2008 to now about 10 years later? Um, that's a really good question. I uh, I
2: think there's a few ways that I've seen people change. Number one, just the availability of information is way different. You know, I remember the first couple seminars that I was involved with and the first few seminars that I ended up leading. Um, you know, CrossFit wasn't fringe, but it was definitely less mainstream and a lot harder to come by. And uh, people didn't just accept that what you were saying was true. Yeah, for sure. And and I felt that most people that would seek out a CrossFit seminar and actually, you know, spend the time and money to get there, they had been involved in something on a relatively serious level, most of them. And that some of that was like through their career, you know, a lot of mm. Military, police, firefighters, that sort of thing. They're pretty serious about what they're doing. Um, or you'd have an athlete that was you know, engaged in a sport that was maybe a little less mainstream and they'd been training seriously in that and uh, they were trying to expand their horizon. But the common thread seemed to be that there was some sort of, uh, I don't know, serious pursuit that was a little bit more on the fringe of what most people were doing. And that's what led them to CrossFit. And now that we are almost, you know, like we're getting to the point that we are the mainstream, it blows my mind that we'll have people that show up and, you know, younger people, especially they will be like 20, 23, 25, <clears throat> and you'll get talking to them and they're like, that's all I've ever known is CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And that blows me away. I'm like, what do you mean? Like you never had that <laughs> bonehead <laughs> period where you, yeah. you you did preacher curls
0: three days a week, you know, like you never did that that's weird heartening at the same time oh like yeah me, absolutely no, like, no, no it's yeah. amazing for me that my kids will never we won't get our <coughs> jokes you know like you're saying you know we, we yeah when you juxtapose crossfit versus non-functional movements and you kind of have a laugh about bicep curls
1: some people won't even know what you're talking about and we're going to have people mm-hmm. listening to this that fall into that whole spectrum yeah. people our age that grew up with monday and thursday was chest and tries yep. and tuesday and friday was back and buys and segmented training no and so then like boz like is saying they grew up knowing nothing other than functional fitness I haven't been to a level one in a few years because I've been doing this as my full-time job. So I remember, and, and the evolution was starting to take place when I was there, but, and this may blow some people's minds, back in the early days, talk about having, yeah, having to convince people that what you're saying was true, not even relatively, you had to convince people that squatting below parallel was okay. But that was a yeah. thing that wasn't going to cripple them because they've been told for years, you're immediately going to blow up my knees and back. How dare you? You know, and now, I mean, is that... Is something that we think so basic right now is something like that finally accepted, or do you every weekend have to still go through the same description of, let me tell you why this is okay?
2: I know. I, I think most of that stuff is definitely accepted. You know, like people deadlift now, people squat now, and I mean even but that if you wasn't go, the case. Oh yeah, not not even close. I mean, even if you go to <clears throat> most mainstream facilities these days, you'll see people doing squats and deadlifts and whatever else, and that wasn't the case. You know, 10 years ago,
0: um, I had something on that and I, I forgot now. It's almost good, like it gets more high level, right? Like I know people are talking, instead of just squatting below parallel, now it's knee position and right. it's at the angle of your feet. Like what degree yeah. should they be off of zero? And, and you know, 38 degrees. Because yeah, right. Yeah. Because like you said, that <laughs> it, we're, we're uh, virtually ubiquitous in terms of the, the exercise world. And I do think that a lot of these things are so commonly accepted that now they're taking it up a notch. To, no, well, let's fight about macronutrients and let's fight about um, yeah, that's, the small details. I
2: completely agree with that, that uh, most people are now, you know, they're arguing about minutiae and which is great. I mean, it's it's awesome that you can have a group of people that are interested in passionately debating, you know, different styles of basically the same thing. You're like, well, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. at least that's the conversation instead of, well, I can't believe you would suggest that... Uh, my mom should squat,
0: (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's outrageous. I actually had, uh, having had the experience of leaving seminars and then coming back like some, sometimes three, sometimes even six months or nine months later and doing a seminar. First of all, I was out of my league at that point in time because you guys do it on a weekend by weekend basis, just so pro and so streamlined. But one of the big takeaways for me was also the quality of movement. You know, it would be in 2009, 2010, you're like, you're going to teach squats and you're like, all right, somebody's gonna be on their toes. All right. So, you know, somebody's not going deep enough and I'm, I'm sure that I'm going to see X, Y, and Z faults. And you had to kind of like party tricks is not the right word, but I knew the examples that I'd be able to pull readily from a group to teach the other kids that wanted to be a trainer, um, what to look for. But I came back sometimes and I was like, man, we're going to split some hairs here, but come over here and we can, we can fine tune maybe the external rotation of this guy's squat. But by and large, you'd have a group of 10, 12 people in a breakout session who are moving pretty damn good. Yeah, absolutely. I think
2: that, uh, you know, the general knowledge of the participant, not just on an uh, academic or, you know, uh, intellectual level, but a physical level is, is absolutely night and day from what it used to be. I mean, you'd have people that would come in and they, they had never even heard of the snatch. And now that's, Definitely the exception. I mean, that still happens, but for the most part, people are exposed to this stuff. And, uh, you know, there's there's some baseline of knowledge that
0: has definitely been raised. And I think that's pretty cool. Do you guys mind if I go sideways to move forward? No, please do. Like a Quentin Tarantino film. (laughs) We were making these cups of coffee earlier, and there's an Oakland-based coffee company. Was it, Blue? Blue Bottle. Blue Bottle, yeah. who, Boz pointed out, has now been bought by Nestle, Mm -hmm. for which people have... a a bit of a problem with because well i don't know but i mean you know opinions vary for sure i'd like to take those varying opinions and apply it to the world of crossfit okay what do you love and what do you hate about crossfit going mainstream hates a strong word what do you what
1: what do you love and what do you love i know boz has something here because that just sparked in my mind that i thought we had some chat years ago and maybe you can tie it into this about how people are interesting creatures of how when something is against the man it's the counter culture you're rising up it can almost do no wrong you know because you're all yep, joining the fight sure. together and then when you are the entity people are like oh these sons of bitches over right. there this is ridiculous and then i likewise i, I always i always found a great <laughs> totally irony. i always yeah. found a
0: great irony in people who wanted to, who loved health and fitness but wanted to keep it to themselves oh wow gonna, yeah. crossfit can change the way that you live it can make you a better person solve your you know your health issues but I don't want to tell anybody about it because it's not underground anymore. Mm-hmm. You know how selfish is that?
2: Yeah, definitely. And and I think that the uh, visibility that we've experienced in the last, you know, three four years, especially, it's pretty awesome that you. I mean, you know, I'll get my mom sending me newspaper clippings from the church newspaper about Rich Froning winning the games. You know, and I'm like, this is so random. You know, like this is a <laughs> right super non-existent small town publication in canada picking up on crossfit game stuff like that's that's bizarre you know and awesome but weird um and yeah i think it's a double-edged sword having that kind of uh popularity and i think that's why you see so many of these kind of smaller factions popping up with the quote-unquote real way to do it you know it's like, oh, oh, that CrossFit right. stuff. Within CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Got it's got like, well, in. I mean, like that CrossFit.com stuff, it's cool, I guess. But if you really want to look <laughs> behind the curtain, this is what you got to be doing. For you know dollars a month. Yeah, it's it's like, well, yeah, it looks a whole lot like the same thing. Um, So I guess that, I think, is the negative, if there is one, is that you can see these kind of different factions with some infighting on opinions about how much variance you should use how much intensity you should use but at the end of the day it's the same ingredients list you know yeah yeah um but on the other hand i mean i think i'll take that trade off if it means that i can go anywhere in the world and find people doing this stuff easily you know Mm -hmm.
1: i mean that's awesome you know with what you just said there about you know the secret training or the insider knowledge or hey now that everyone's doing this i'm still doing the cool stuff over here i always found maybe it's just a person thing that not all it's not fair to say but a decent amount of people would make things more of a struggle than they needed to and by that i mean i don't know if the human brain has some incredible thing where it craves complexity and so if they learn eating healthy isn't really that hard and you don't need a master's degree in whatever they almost are disappointed because they want to feel like they have the super cool <laughs> knowledge with the big words and you know mm-hmm. the the lifting program has to be this bulgarian 75 percent off the blocks for this and then like and and i know that and it took me a while to learn yeah, it's i mean like, if, no, it's, no, we, if it's, it's not it's double undulating i mean i don't know what you're doing but. <laughs> right <laughs> I don't know um, what it is, but I think there's that there's that craving that once the information is released, and they're like, "Oh, that's actually just that simple." I like do good compound movements and make sure that they're varied, and reps and loading, and and I'm gonna a- avoid this kind of processed sugar and eat this, and like, well, I'm doing pretty well, you know. Like, it's actually, I think there's just a, I don't know what it is about the human brain, but sometimes I feel like it craves complexity even when it's not needed. Well, I don't,
2: I I think I will correct you a little bit. Please on do that at least as far as what I've been exposed to. I don't know that it's complexity necessarily, but novelty. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And I feel that the hardest thing about anything in life is consistency, and that's no secret. You want to make a million dollars? Well, you can do it, but it means waking up and working hard every day at something. And it might not even matter what that something is. You just need to do it day in, day out for a couple of decades and be really smart about where that income goes and you could probably do it, you know. You want to be really fit? Well, you can do it, but it's going to mean waking up day in, day out, grinding it out without missing, you know, training blocks. That's just the way it is. Same thing you want to eat well, It's you know, there's no real hard secret to it, but the consistency is the hardest thing. And with that consistency, the monotony makes it compoundingly difficult to continue doing that and I think that's where the novelty jumps in somebody will you know they'll latch on to something that appears to be more exciting or breaks them out of their normal routine because it reinvigorates what they're doing and I think you're always going to see that and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but it can certainly distract you from you know, the, the main tenants that got you
0: to where you were in the first place. I I agree with that. But, and I also think that part of the, I don't even call it an issue, but part of the conversation is a confusion between what you're really trying to accomplish, right? Like you do Mm -hmm. a great job of articulating Pat uh, that your goal is not to be at the CrossFit games is to be a good dad is to be good at life. It's to get your work out of the way and stay healthy. I think a lot of people, have a hard time maybe either accepting that or knowing what they want or you get into it and you have a little bit of success and you want more because for a crossfit games athlete i do believe that some of these you know mezzo cycles and and uh, following a weightlifting program that does have um continuity and it does have certain skill sets and things it's absolutely necessary double undulating double undulating it's got to yeah. be right because if you I mean, god bless it if you're not triple undulating um <laughs> the you know be, because they they do need that they uh an athlete who doesn't identify their weaknesses from one CrossFit games and address it over the course of the year, maybe with the help of a specialist or a coach who can, you know, I think that, that, uh, what Hinshaw does with running, for example, does a great job of shoring up weaknesses. They're not probably going to be back at the next CrossFit games. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not me and that's not most people. So I think a lot of it's a confusion about what
1: you're trying to accomplish. Sure. Yep. Well, it's that whole degree, not kind, right? I mean, we're all members of the CrossFit community. Myself and Matt Fraser <laughs> are both members of the same, and we, and we have similar pursuits. Not the same, but similar. <laughs> but that's where it ends, you know, and, and Wait, his you Wait, needs... you're buying a house in Tennessee too? Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. His needs for dominance are different than my needs for just, you know, general health. And I think, you know, we could go down another rabbit hole with social media, but you know we work in media like whatever you expose people to on a regular basis it starts to get into the old brain and, and it becomes a little bit part of your norm so if ev- if everything you're following is the top 20 men and women from the games and what they're doing and i do cross it and they do cross it and they're better than me and i want to be better well they're they are better so what are they doing oh yeah. <laughs> well i need to i can't block off 45 minutes anymore i need to block off 45 minutes just for my warm-up for them my three-hour workout and Two mm-hmm. weeks later, my back hurts and CrossFit sucks. And, and it is available. Like, you know, you see what Katrin does and you're sure. like, oh, wow,
0: I can do that program. Or you see, you know, you see what a games athlete does. And like that, that quote unquote program is available to you, but you're not going to the games. Yeah, you could, you you're setting yourself up for, um, you're not setting yourself up for success.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I, I think you nailed it, which is just identifying what do you want out of it? And if you can figure that out you know, you can answer a lot of questions yourself about how much do I need to be training? How much complexity do I need in my training? You know, um, what do you want out of it? Good question. Yeah. What do I, I just want to keep doing it forever. I, I've always had the long term in mind. I, so I'm, I just turned 34 and, uh, you know, I certainly not old by any stretch and I don't consider myself to be getting on, but I have plenty of friends that are outside the CrossFit world and, uh, some that are the same age as me that I went to school with and some that are older than me that I've met along the way. And it's a little bit weird to me to see just the difference, you know, like I have a really good friend of mine who is the same age as me. Um, we went to college together and, uh, you know, he had a kid a couple of years ago and he's a, he's an active guy. Like he, You know, he rides his bike, he hikes, he's, he's, he takes care of himself pretty well. But just the way he talks about, man, you know, I'm getting a little older now and it's a little harder to get out of bed in the morning. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I feel the same that I've felt since I was 16, you know, like I really don't feel any different than I ever have. And in a lot of ways I feel better than, than like every year I'm like, this is the best year of my life. You know, (laughs) right. I'm 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 a little wiser and I'm not making as many stupid decisions. And physically, I feel like I'm still making progress. And, you know, like it's better than it's ever been. And uh, when I contrast that with people that are outside of this kind of lifestyle, that's where I see the biggest difference. Um, So my view has always been long term. I don't care about being the biggest badass around like that. That was never going to happen for me, you know. I'm I'm competitive. I like.
0: You are competitive.
1: Man. I was glad that I you like, brought that word. I was <laughs> going to go there if you didn't.
2: I mean, hey, I I love. You know, like I think that's just uh, part of the game. Like, yeah, I've always been competitive, in in, in a lot of stupid ways, um, I would Such say. Such as. Okay, when I was, for I example. used to live with uh, well, a good friend of mine named Dylan. He's uh, one of my college roommates and an awesome guy. Lives up in the Yukon now. And Dylan and I used to solve household disputes via Street Fighter II battles. Ooh.
0: uh, ooh, Yeah. Good choice.
2: And I crushed him every time. (laughs) I hope hope he's listening to this. But uh, anyway. Second Genesis version. No, I think it was Super Nintendo. Okay. okay. But uh, anyway, there was one point in which somebody gave us a new system, I can't remember, it might have been a Nintendo 64. And uh, Tony Hawk Skateboarding had just come out. And I got crushed on Tony Hawk Skateboarding. And I was so pissed. I didn't, I didn't even know you could win that. That I well, was like, you get like one trick to do as many points as you could. Okay, you okay. Know? okay. I just couldn't do it. And I, I was so mad that I practiced in secret <laughs> until, I could, <laughs> until I could pull off this ridiculous, you know video game movie. like it was just the stupidest pursuit you know but then we came back and had a rematch and i mopped the floor with i can't even remember who this it wasn't my roommate it was a different person that uh, i got into it with on uh, tony hawk but uh yeah it's been a long time doing that just so that i could have this come up s- for something totally totally stupid you so have you, you been always been wired it? that way yeah i don't know why Yes, absolutely. I've, I've, it's weird because I don't consider myself to be a aggressive person, but I can definitely be um, confrontational at times. And uh, what I a think great we were talking about this yesterday. Stefan <laughs> <laughs> and I were talking about this yesterday. I, I, I guess I have a reputation for it. Like, I like to argue. Well, I, I was like going to
1: say confrontational, the fact that I, I think you have, which is why I enjoy talking with you, even though frequently we don't agree, but I like that because you have strong opinions and you're not afraid to express your strong opinions and they're usually not random because you are an articulate individual, you will say, well, I disagree with you quite strongly for reasons A, B, C, and D. And then a conversation develops. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we agree
2: on a lot, Pat. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what my problem is. I've always been a bit of a contrarian and I but, don't, you know,
1: I don't see that going anywhere. So. <laughs> some things maybe are starting to make a bit of sense to me now and not the contrarian part, but the competitive, or if, if you're not good at something digging in, in until you are, even if it's unbeknownst to anyone, because again, not to sprain my wrist, patting you on the back, but <laughs> you are, there's a reason you've been at the company 10 plus years. There's a reason you've been given more responsibility, not less responsibility. I mean, you're an extremely competitive, competent individual. So even if you haven't done something, we'll give it a Bosman. He'll figure it out. And, and the truth is that you will. So I'm going to make the assumption now that you weren't just naturally, maybe you were a, a naturally a, a talented lecturer, naturally whatever. I mean, did you, you know, the, the polished Bosman that people see get up and give a seminar was there, was that just how you were from lecture one or did you identify like, I need to put some work in here. Cause I'm, I'm not where I want to be at this job either. Um, That's a great question. I, uh, I've always liked public
2: speaking. I've never had a problem being in front of people. So that aspect of it, uh, really was not difficult for me. Um, honestly, the route presentation is much harder for me. What do you mean route presentation? Well, and that's actually something that's a little bit newer, you know, as the level one developed and got bigger, There became more of a need to standardize things so that if you go to a level one in, you know, Shreveport, Louisiana, and you go to level one in Amsterdam, you're going to get the same basic core information delivered in a way that's understandable and, you know, all of the things that go with it. Um, That was really challenging for me when things started to get a little bit more locked down in terms of, okay, these are things that we need you to specifically say. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the package that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm a lot better when you
0: were flowing. You were flowing like, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's
2: okay. I, I feel like I was always a little bit better off the cuff and w- answering questions that maybe had a little bit more of a difficult tone to them. Uh, I would agree with that
1: because I've seen you do it.
2: Yeah. So that, that was really hard for me was, okay, now you've got a, a real definite timeline that you have to hit and you have uh you know, a really uh, standardized um, method of delivery.
0: You know, that's, that's still a challenge for me. But ironically, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you are a huge part of the standardization of that process, correct? Yeah, that is
2: true. You're the yeah. carpenter that built your own <laughs> fence. Right. Yeah. What, well, but, and, and so I think that's again, the push pull of, taking something and making it available to a wider audience like I understand the importance of that process and it, it's it's totally necessary even if it's something that personally I struggle with and if it was just me getting up there talking about what I want to talk about well yeah it would be a, a slightly different format but that doesn't mean that it would be the best format for what we're trying to accomplish and that's where I think that you know I guess what I'm trying to say is that, on a bigger picture, people need to develop a detachment from self need sometimes, in order to establish what the bigger picture
1: goal is. You know, I I understand I mean, because you only have these participants for a set amount of time, and there are things that they have to walk away with, and and so you know I remember because back in the day, if somebody had asked me how would you like to modify the schedule? I would say, well, great. You know, somewhere in the middle of day two, just give me two hours to talk about whatever I want. <laughs> right. Which would have made <laughs> me personally happy. And I actually think, you know, the participants would have had a good time. We probably wouldn't have covered some of the necessary topics, but we would exactly. have dove really yep. deep into some others. But you can't do that. Because right. when they leave at 5 p.m., I go, ah, oh, but we didn't cover, ah, oh, um, sorry. Yep. Yeah, but I, I feel you on the the um, abandoning of your own
0: kind of selfish desires. Because we were talking earlier about, The growth and what you liked and and liked less and not hated was, uh, you know, like I I miss the I miss the grit. I miss uh, I miss in the technique versus intensity lecture, throwing the chairs to the side and watching Jimmy Letchford do grace. Oh, you mean in the seminar environment, in the seminar environment or in the games environment even, too. You know what I mean? Like every once in a while, I like to see, um, you know, some just some blood and guts. And well, let me let me push back
2: on that a little bit, because I think the grit
0: is still there. Absolutely.
2: You just have to do it you know and there are still plenty and i bet you if you looked at the numbers there's probably more people that are working out in their garage in their basement on their back little lot you know they got a rusty barbell and some bumper plates i bet you the numbers of people doing that now is greater than it's ever been just because the availability of not only the information but the equipment that you can get is cheaper and more readily available um, but the counterpoint to that is that there are more really flashy, super high, highly developed mega gyms as well. What are you going to see more often? Well, the super developed, highly, you know, focused mega gyms. And those are awesome too. But, uh, the grit is still there. But the I grit's mean, fantastic. Oh yeah.
1: It's that, and that's the quintessential CrossFit, right? And that these to just, to this day, it confuses me a bit is like you said, maybe the big flashy gyms get more attention or whatnot. Cause somebody would be like, I'd love to get into it. but Maybe too- not more attention.
2: Let's clarify that. I don't know that it's more attention. I think they're just more visible More you know? visible.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and
0: I'm not saying that it's not there and I'm not saying that it's a, I'm certainly not saying where we are is a bad thing. I guess it just, you know, like, like any, like anything you, you have a strong place in your heart for where you came from. Absolutely. And so even yeah. at, at, the, at the games, you know, I'd know that it's the right thing to have these, beautiful uniforms that, you know, distinguish the athletes and the best on earth they've 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 earned the right to be there. But I miss Matt Chan and his affiliate t-shirt, like gritting it out with right. some random pair of shorts that he borrowed from yeah. his buddy. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. It's just the everybody can look parking back to whatever field you may happen to be. And I'm sure you look back at the old school and you're like, ah, those were the days. That's all I'm saying. And it's yeah. it is great that they're doing it in these flashy facilities, um, as well as the uh, the garages around the world. I just as we get bigger, that's one of my fears. I hope that, that there's never a loss of. Yeah, I know that there's a, an official terminology is transmission of culture as we move mm-hmm, forward. Mm-hmm. I hope people don't think that you have to be in a flashy facility in order to do constantly very functional movements at high right. intensity. Yeah, like you make it a point to stay in your gym, right? You probably got nice equipment, but at the same time, like you go and you in the dark, you know, by yourself oftentimes and train. I just I, I yeah. hope that that's never lost. Like. Hey man, go into the backyard, do some squats, and you're still going to be good to go in terms of fitness.
2: Yep, I agree, and I think that's one of the most appealing parts that drew me to the program in the first place was just the bare bones pragmatism of, hey, what do you have? Well, that's not really important. What's important is you have time and commitment. yeah and with that, you can come up with hundreds of different ways to fill the need of whatever it is that you're missing from your fitness, you know it's not about. It's not about the bells and whistles, although they are
1: nice to have, you know. You know, so I did some some quick math, which is not my strong suit. But if you did 300 seminars and I believe it's north of that, but let's say you did just 300. And, you know, back in the day, there was more participants every now and then there's a light seminar. But on average, 50 people a seminar that puts you in front of 15,000 people. Jesus. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) 15,000 daunting. Yeah, it's it's an astronomical number. Uh, the amount of, again, questions, thoughts, concerns, everything that you've heard, and you said a second ago, you have these timelines that you need to follow. Sometimes, you know, maybe you can't uh, expound on something as much as you want. For listeners at home who are affiliate owners, maybe they're in their garage, they're whatever, they don't have that incredible depth of knowledge that you have in your head. Are there one or two or three just kind of key little nuggets of what you've seen, of what you've heard that you would like, you know, an affiliate owner or a garage gym person to to benefit from your experience of having been in front of 15,000 people? Oh, man. Um,
2: well, first of all, I think that most people that are doing this on the affiliate level, or even just as a trainer, um, you know, you said that they might not have the the knowledge that i have and i i don't know that i agree with that i think that most people doing this are really invested in it they wouldn't be doing it otherwise like it's you know it's it's a labor of love on on some level um so yeah maybe not the same experience but i think there's plenty of people out there that have have tons of knowledge and and are drawing from that um and i don't know that that's always going to make or break somebody um i've always been really firmly planted in the application camp i think that concepts are important and a baseline of knowledge is critical but at the end of the day if you can't apply that into something that people can take away in the immediate sense then what good is it so give an example um not off the top of my head but I guess the difference would be
1: book knowledge versus the, the gritty whistle around his neck that's just getting it done.
2: Sure. Yeah. Okay. So using that as an example, you know, like you can read about coaching all day long. You can find abstracts to talk about coaching methodology, I'm sure, you know, but at the end of the day, does that make you a good coach? Well, not until you do it and not until you figure out, does that work for you? Is this a stylistic match for your personality, et cetera, et cetera. So to me, I think, one of the coolest parts about being involved in in CrossFit as long as I have is that it's it's really forced a feedback culture on me, which is not something I'm super comfortable with, but I get confronted with all the time. <laughs> you know the seminar staff were really good about giving feedback to one another all the time. and uh, I think it's easy when you're on your own, especially when you're put in the position of being the expert quote unquote you know, you're the head trainer of your gym or you're the owner of your facility or whatever it is where you just don't get that anymore. And I think that's hard to move forward from because we all have blind spots and we're all going to have those times in our lives where we're we're just kind of like doing the thing. And it doesn't always happen, but it can certainly lend itself to just coasting, you know. So I think a very strong um, self-reflection is probably the best tool that I think anybody could have in the CrossFit world. You know, the ability to step back and and really look objectively at did that work out the way I thought it was going to? Why or why not? And how could I do it differently to
1: make it closer to what I had in my head? I didn't know that you were going to go there. And I must say I'm happy that you did because that is a phenomenal point that I have personal opinions on, which is I believe most people say because it's the right thing to say, Man, I'd love some feedback. Give me some feedback. I don't think most people <laughs> want not, feedback. That's not no, you want yeah, not all. Absolutely, but they don't want feedback. And the level one staff, you know, we've had a, a peek behind that curtain. They are exceptional, and they're not exceptional by accident. And that the feedback that is presented is whether you like it or not. I'm going to tell you what you need to do to be a better coach or lecturer. Here's what you did well. Here's what you did terribly, and you need to improve upon next time. Just blunt right in your face. And if probably every, I mean, I don't care if you own a gym, if you're an orthodontist, whatever, like if there's, if you're not getting feedback like that, if you've received a lot of compliments and you can't remember the last time somebody told you something that made you uncomfortable, you're like, oh, well, that was brutally honest and well, kind and of stings. I want
2: to, let's expand on this idea for a minute, because I think that, you know, as a staff, we do a really good job of verbal and written feedback and that sort of thing. But I think sometimes that it's easy to discount feedback that's happening all around you that you just don't pay attention to and uh, you know at the affiliate level there's some really really easy indicators of are you doing what you should be or not is your business thriving yes or no and if the answer is no why you know it's probably not because you're the greatest trainer in the world and these people just don't understand what you're doing right <laughs> there might be something in the way that you're, you know, trying to apply <laughs> it never
1: reads greatest trader in the world, losing clients. Left yeah, and right. exactly.
2: You know, and so I think that you have to. That's what I mean with self-reflection is that you have to look at the feedback all around you. That's happening all the time. And not just consider. You know what people are saying to you, but. What happens? Do I have people showing up to my classes? Are they telling friends about what I'm doing? You know, are people getting hurt on a routine basis or, or do I have members that have been here for years that are just bulletproof? Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things are signals that should be telling you that, yes, you're heading in the right direction or maybe you need a little bit of a change. And you just have to take a step back from what you're doing day to day and give yourself the opportunity to just take a look at that stuff. And that's hard to do, but it doesn't always come in the package of, Patcher would stand in there telling you, "Hey, you know what? This is going to work a lot better if you do X, Y, and Z." Like that's nice. It's not always easy to hear, but it's a pretty simple delivery system. You know what I mean?
1: And there's a lot of information out there. From what, if I'm reading your your statement, there's a lot of information out there. As long as you're receptive to being yes, I'm looking think so. at it, listening to it, yeah. hearing it, and like, oh, the world's telling me something. Totally. And it's I think
2: a- I think it's true for anything. You know, you get stuck in one way of doing things. And you, you just, you start to tune out that worldwide feedback that's telling you, Hey, maybe this
0: isn't the direction you should be going. It's a, it's a tremendous observation. I'm curious if, uh, it's, it was interesting to hear you say, you know, you're not really into the goals and you don't, you don't necessarily, uh, prescribe to a lot of the things that are kind of soup du jour these days, right? Which is the parlance you know, the, of our times. The par- <laughs> uh, which is routines and habits and things of that nature. But in, in the context of this conversation, do you have practices? Like, do you have a daily self-reflection? Do you do like five minute journal? Like some people do, what's your process by which you self-evaluate? Oh man. Um,
2: you know, if I'm perfectly honest, I'm, I'm probably at like the least disciplined part of my life. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what these last couple of years. Interesting. I, yeah. It's been, um, I no, I don't have hard routines. I I don't know why that is right now. But it's it's uh it's been actually, you know, kind of a challenging period on on that level for me. Um so no, currently I don't I don't have a lot of routine around that stuff and and I think, you know, frankly a little bit more structure would would do me a lot of good at this point in my life.
1: Why has it been um, ch- challenging like are you craving and it's not there? I mean, things seem to be you Know, uh, we, yeah, yeah, you know, no, we're I mean, in different states, so we don't get to yeah, hang out outside. The, right? But I just see you at work, you seem to be crushing it. So, you saying that things are challenging, No, know. I mean, life
2: is good, like
0: you know, life is good, but may I interject as yeah, a friend? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think that uh, I, what one observation that we've made, um, together, or at least I've made of myself, and I've noted that you've had some of it is. As, as the business grows, right, there's there's just a lack of opportunity to be involved in everything. Yeah, Whereas professionally, when it was early on, sure. you had to be. Yeah, And oftentimes that kind of change is difficult and not, not in a bad way. I mean, it is positive now that we've got a media team mm-hmm. that is completely self-sustaining to build CBS shows and that are going to be huge uh, broadcast quality content. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we're still going to put on a live broadcast tomorrow from HQ with the same team. There's people that were interns three years ago who are now, uh, senior editors. And, uh, but, but if there's a little bit of a twinge and I'm speaking for myself, not for you, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a twinge when I'm like, well, I used to write a bunch of that script stuff or I used to be involved in this or that. And you're like, well, damn, you know, we're growth, growth is painful in that way.
2: Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. And I think that, uh, yeah, it's a hard, hard thing to come from that level of involvement where everybody was kind of in the mix all the time to a more, um, organized structure, you know, for all the benefits that, that, that confers, which it does. Uh, but on a personal level, I, I don't know. I just feel like I haven't been as self-disciplined lately. Um, you know, and like, it's, I'm not bumming on it. It's not like, My world is crumbling down around me, you know, but (laughs) Nice to go for a motorcycle ride every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, I I just feel like I could, I could benefit from a little bit more structure. And that's something I'm trying to work towards, you know.
1: Everybody's just busy, busy, busy. Yeah, sure. Quite frankly, which is weird because I mean, you know, you don't have a real job. You just travel around talking oh, talk yeah, on the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't take any <laughs> skill or forethought. No, I, well, and it's,
2: and I, and I don't do anything beyond that either. I no, just,
1: no, no. I mean, just hang you, around. You, you walk out onto a competition floor if the squat's low enough, <laughs> boss is happy. If it's not, he's not. I mean, come on, we get a chimp to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and I, I, you know, this is another thing
2: getting back to what we were talking about earlier with uh, consistency and. Um, Novelty and things like that. I've always felt that there's rhythms to life, and uh, you know, even when I was younger, I I could be pretty comfortable with that. You're gonna have periods in your life where you are just on top of it, and things are going great, and everything's you know, your routine, your schedule is just like the way that it should be for you and your personality and the life that you're leading. And then you're gonna have times in your life where that's not the case. And that doesn't mean that things are falling down around you. That doesn't mean that like, oh, you're just making all the wrong decisions. That's just that stage of where you are, you know? And uh, to relate that back to fitness, nobody's gonna be making linear progress for four decades. You know, that's just not the way it works. There's gonna be ups and downs along the way and you have to pull back and look at the big picture and say, okay, well, what has the general trend been over this period of time, you know? and uh yeah so i think at this point in my life that i I might not be at the the all-time high for organization personal fitness whatever but if i look back over the trend i'm like
1: oh yeah it's still still on the way up you know all the way up all the way up and so outside of work if somebody were to stalk you on instagram the observation would be that adrian bosman outside of crossfit enjoys uh motorcycles obscure records and mixed drinks would that be (laughs) an accurate statement yeah that's pretty close i'd say landscapes as well
0: landscapes natural landscapes
1: Uh, yeah so you know outside of when you do get that those the precious free moments i interviewed you years ago actually in your garage in scotts valley if you remember that oh yeah that's right i I do and i said when you i think you had a great answer i said when you get free time, what do you like to do? And you said, I like to squander it or something along (laughs) those lines. True. Now, fast forward a few years, you've got free time. What do you like? Uh, I mean, I think you outlined it pretty well. Um, Is it a white Russian? I mean, what are you
2: drinking? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, my drink of choice these days is the Manhattan or a variant of it the Toronto. Okay, uh, I'm saying you know
1: that that I'm not well versed in the booze. So what yeah. are the Manhattan sounds sophisticated? What is it's it? Not,
2: it's not. It's just a boozy old man drink. It, it's and a man's man drink. And, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh it's it's just, you know, whiskey, vermouth and bitters.
0: It's like it's like a That's man's it. martini
1: that comes in like a real glass. The polar opposite of a strawberry daiquiri. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh,
2: and then the Toronto I especially enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but you Toronto I
0: love the most.
2: It's the yeah, yeah, totally. It's just um it's rye and uh fernet with a little bit of lemon.
1: I have no idea what fernet is. Dude, you can to a man who delicious. loves
0: licorice. Not oh, me. Oh, that's him. right.
1: You're a licorice monster. Fernet out is out no you have a very <laughs> what you know, give the people at home what's is it? What's the Fernet's licorice? Fernet's good in the
0: way that Boz likes things. Yeah, I don't delicious. think most people. Would, I, mean, I don't think most it people, it. people would like
2: it. Tasteful, refined, <laughs> sophisticated individuals.
0: He has this guy. That. What's his name? The guy who gives you the licorice. I got a couple of sources. Okay, well, oh, there's one. A, there's yeah, one dude in particular. Well, cool. Miko. Okay, for multiple years, he's been like, "Listen, you got to deliver this to Adrian," and he gave me one. And Boz one time was like, "Hey, listen." You're my boy. Like you can have one of those little, like little, you know, like gummy bear packs. Hey, you can have
1: one. All right. Did you a solid? Er, uh, yeah, dude. I put one in my mouth and I was just. I don't get it. So you're not a Twizzler guy. No,
0: not, <laughs> not, really. not red vines. No, no, not
2: really. But uh, yeah, the Finns and uh, the Dutch and most of Scandinavia has they, good. Licorice. They know what's up. As far as the liquor. Oh yeah.
1: I Had absolutely uh, no idea that there was. I mean, different.
2: You'll, you'll appreciate this, Pat. Like I will probably die of, you know, some sort of heart failure because the ridiculous salt content of the licorice that I eat, (laughs) it's not sweet. It's all like just crazy salt and uh, it's going to stop my heart at some point. It's aggressive. I'm
1: intrigued to try one now and I have a strong feeling that I won't like it, but I'm intrigued to try. Yeah, Next time you see Todd
2: Widman, ask him about how much he likes my licorice.
1: Oh, I can't I can't wait. Yeah. Todd's somebody we should get on the program. Todd's well. babe. But if we talk about feedback, we gotta have Todd I was on. gonna just say please, I don't <laughs> want to circle back to, you oh, know, man. We, we spoke about feedback a while ago and Rory, when he was on the level one staff, you know, gave a lecture, ran a group, did whatever. Todd Whitman was running the show, and Todd Whitman is this old school in just squared away as they come. And he will shoot you straight. Yeah, um, Todd's the man. Oh, he will shoot you straight to this day. And uh, he one day decided (laughs) to make Rory better. Rory, take it. (laughs) (laughs) You were there, weren't you? Yeah, you were there. Was I there? Yeah, me, you, um, Austin Begeving, like,
0: slept in and didn't come to the thing. We're in Vegas. Oh, man. I don't don't know if I was at that one. Okay,
1: we're at Zach Forrest's old gym. I think I remember Austin sleeping in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Um, tired. He was tired. the, uh, okay, so Austin, uh, Zach's old gym used to have, um, like the ceilings weren't, between room to room, they weren't closed. It was like well, it, was, weird... it was like
2: part of a recreational yeah. facility. Like but, there was a rock climbing gym, right, and like batting cages, like it was a
0: whole thing. Like a multiplex. So yeah, this particular yeah, yeah. day, there happened to be a jiu-jitsu tournament happening like on the basketball court area. Loud as hell, we tried to take everyone outside. It was my first presses lecture. And um, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. And at lunch, and you know, at that point in time, presses came directly after lunch. At lunch, I did the sevens workout with Miranda Oldroyd and Jason Kalipa. Always a strong choice. Yeah, who a a lunchtime workout? Usually, pretty pretty (laughs) fit individuals. Um, It wrecked my world. I I uh, I sweated through my shirt. My shoes were off, and uh, so I started my lecture with my shoes off. And we were forced to move outside because it was so loud. We go outside, and you know the the planes would come by every five minutes. Yeah, it was so right like, by the uh, the uh, Las Vegas airport, right like by Vegas right International the airport. Street. Yeah, and so would be like every fifth word, fifth word, would be like, "All right, so midline stability means <laughs> like big plane would go by." Anyways, it's a, it was a disaster, absolute tragedy. I wonder if anybody got a word of it. And that night, uh, Todd sat me down in the hotel, and he said, uh, "Shoes." wear them. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know the thing, Todd? And he just put his finger up and he looked me in the eyes, like look through my eyeballs. And he was like, this works better if I talk and you listen. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And from there, he just kept on delivering. And to be fair, I think I'd probably worked 10 seminars at that point in time. The first five with Andy Stumpf. This was the first time that uh, that's, I received feedback that's awesome. and it was, it was to my core and it made me better. Yeah. And you remember it to this day. Yep. 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 So there you go.
1: Always wear shoes. And the funny thing is, as much as that probably, it can for, depending upon the person, sting initially. It's funny how eventually when you realize how incredibly beneficial that is, you crave it and you just don't want compliments. Like I remember sometimes as a flow master, if I would, get distracted, have to do something else, didn't get to watch a lecture. Yeah. And the, it would end, that person would come up and be like, hey, what do you got for me? And I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. We were, we were setting up the workout. I didn't get to watch a lecture. I don't have anything. And they would be genuinely upset. They're like, all right, well, thanks for nothing. I guess I'm not going to get better today. <laughs> and then, when people got to that point, that was really cool because mm-hmm. they were like, I actually understand now that if I want to be phenomenal, yeah. and I, actually, I need you to tell okay, now, me. Now, so, here,
2: here's the little contrarian boss coming out. Please do. And... I'm going to offer a different perspective on that. I hope you do. And I think that uh that is great when people do seek it out, but I also feel that hidden in that sometimes is a uh passing off of responsibility.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: I want you to tell me how to get better. I don't want to put the work in. And I'm not saying that this happens, you know, regularly or that any particular individual is you know, running that but in Currently, your vast experience, you've you've seen it absolutely. Where people are like, I, "I, Pat, you just tell me, tell me what I need to fix, and I'll fix it." Instead ah. of doing the harder, in my opinion, work of taking a step back and analyzing it yourself. I think the,
0: the, 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 you need both. I I agree. Theater, right, right. Because but it's I, the same. I think it's the same way. Yep. It even ties into an earlier conversation about um, uh, you know seeking things that are that are outside the norm, thinking that that, that the simple answer is not always the best, like people who seek out a coach and I've been guilty of this where I'm like, how am I going to get better? Like you, you tell me, mm-hmm. give me some programming, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, make me better. But I, I think there is, I think you're right. It's a great counterpoint, but it is also if you're healthy in that sense where you do do self evaluation, right. you know where your weaknesses right. are. It's nice for somebody who can check your blind spot and Oh, and totally. hey, yeah, without you know, question, you're doing great, but what you're not seeing is this. But I, I do feel that sometimes in the, in the
2: need to get evaluated, People pass that responsibility to an external source, and I think there's a danger in that too.
1: I can see that. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. It's uh, what was I just was I just thinking about
0: the uh, the you know the, to take it to a different place, kind of. Uh, it's this it's this problem with social media as well when people use that as their feedback loop you uh we Andre, oh, andrea I wrote, mean that's an echo chamber it's not it's a an ec- feedback loop come on but that's people like... do use it that way right like there was actually uh andrea wrote a really interesting article recently where there's um not depression necessarily but there's a negative mindset associated with all these people who are constantly checking instagram or like how many likes did i get mm-hmm. do people uh and and they're kind of catering and pandering to that and that it is a it is a form of a feedback loop where people are catering basically what they're showing the world and how they're acting even
1: to that in, in hopes of positive feedback oh yeah the the need to be loved or liked or you know yeah it's a it's funny you know my one of my kids they're young and they don't quite get instagram which is good and you know if i post a photo of them or whatever it happens to be They don't know the term likes or whatnot. So they'll be like, hey, how many compliments did that get? (laughs) And I'll be like, well, it's not really a compliment and it's not how it works. It's Uh, it's an interesting thing. But but to your point, I think some people feed on that, that it's a compliment in some sort of way and I'm being liked and I'm being validated or whatever it is. And it's like, man, that's... There's endorphous brain
0: chemicals associated. Like every time your phone vibrates in your pocket, people, oh God, somebody's trying to contact me. I'm I'm getting
1: getting rewarded. Mm -hmm. You know what always... And I'm going to have to actually go shortly here can i say in, the one th- in, in gotta... one of the many things of the, of the company growing i need to go and chat with mr heber about the upcoming fittest ah. documentary but uh mm. what were you gonna say
0: just to button up that todd story i know that i'm going backwards but the one thing that i never interjected in that story is what he what he did say that stuck with me and to your point it, it bolstered it made me want to be better it wasn't necessarily feedback but it was inspiration from a person that i admire greatly he finished the conversation by saying you have the potential to be on the a team you need to play like it and so it wasn't wow, a criticism it wasn't direct feedback it was just like hey man you could be better you've got potential and it inspired me right
1: didn't todd wasn't <laughs> we need to talk to todd oh, wasn't todd at a, at, a, at a regional or something where like oh, he shushed man. somebody it's in the amazing. crowd
2: oh it was more than a shush <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it,
0: it was nearly a spanking uh, I so, mean, I don't know. Is that,
2: uh, is that a topic of... Uh... I think so. Yeah? All right. It's a well, great story. Yeah. he, uh, Mr. Widman was displeased uh, by the reactions of uh, was one of the a regional? crowd members. Yeah. California Regional. And uh, I guess there was some, uh, let's just call it unsportsmanlike behavior from one of the uh, spectators in the crowd. And... This went on and on and on until Todd got to his breaking point. And, I, you know, I believe that Todd is a pretty patient man. I would and, agree with that. You know, and so to take him that far, I think, is uh, you, you're pushing some buttons on a pretty serious level. And so uh, Todd hops over the barricade and goes up <laughs> into the crowd. And he's, he's got his finger pointed at this this individual who... Noticing this turns around and tries to make a break for it. Which I don't think was in his best interest. But anyway, so Todd catches up with him.
1: The dude runs and, away. Yeah, and spins. Todd's a big, and Todd big scary fit individual. Uh,
2: it's just a man's man. Yep. I mean, he's you know. Todd Whitman is one of those people where like I'm not a tough guy, but I like I, you know, I'm competitive. I like I size people up. Like I'm not gonna lie. Right. <laughs> I would not want to fight Todd Whitman. Like there's lots of people I'd fight and I'd be like, yeah, I'll lose whatever. But like, I, I would not, I wouldn't want to fight Todd.
1: I put Todd in the same camp as like a Curtis Bowler.
2: Yeah. Anyway. So Todd runs up there, gets this guy to turn around and face him. And, uh, I believe it was a very one sided conversation and the only words exchanged that I've heard were you, sir. Are a coward with no honor, and then he turns around
1: and walks away.
0: <laughs> Can you believe that? What a oh my stinging,
1: <laughs> just a stinging <laughs> sentence. There's, hey, there's your feedback. There's your feedback.
0: <laughs> that guy, that guy asked for feedback. Got it. Uh, I don't think he asked for it, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but in a he way got he
1: it. He, he earned it. He earned it. A oh.
2: coward with no honor, man.
1: You uh, in the past you've also, which which is why I enjoy picking your brain, because I never think you just agree with something to agree you've always said like you were a professional dabbler to some degree Mm. like and i remember again traveling with you doing whatever and you're like hey right now i I haven't eaten a carb in 20 days and on the weekend i eat (laughs) a billion a billion pounds of food or i'm just playing with dumbbells for a while like there was always this dabbling going on which i think gave you a great overall perspective to hey i actually tried this and you know what it was fun for a while but it didn't produce i went back to this Mm -hmm. i dabbled with this i went back to this Is there any dabbling going on at the moment?
2: You know, there's not really. It's, uh, no. Like, I'm pretty... You've been dabbling with volume the last two weeks. Well, yeah, (laughs) with the team series. Man, these double days are... Take some fitness. Uh, No, I really haven't been doing much of that lately. And I think, you know, getting back to talking about personal routine and stuff like that, I think that's part of it. I just haven't been as disciplined. But, again, I'm not bumming on that. It's just... The way it is right now, and that doesn't mean it's going to be that way forever. So,
0: interesting. I, I mean, it does seem to me that uh, one thing that's unique recently is you've been putting your scores out to the world. That that's kind true. of started recently, right? Is that, is that getting for, back uh, to? I
2: used to do that all the time. Like I used right. to post on the main site all the time. Um, uh, I hadn't done that in a long time, and uh, yeah, I started doing uh, like logging all my workouts on Beyond the Whiteboard and been doing the main site since I think May of this year again, hadn't done it in a couple of years. It's always fun to come back and and do that. Um, So yeah, I've been doing the crossfit.com workouts and and putting my scores out there. And uh, that's, that's been fun. That's been a good, like, you know, honesty check. And uh, I think it's important to do that. And just for a couple of reasons, you know, number one to log your progress, obviously, but number two to just take ownership of, yeah. Okay. I was tired that day it was seven o'clock at night. I had a bunch of other stuff going on and I went out in the garage and that's what I had, you know, take it or leave it. That's, that's where I was on that day at that time. Yep. I think there's an honesty to that. That's important to
0: reconnect with, you know? And it's always been, yeah. Well, there's a huge degree of street cred as well. Like for the practice, what you preach. Hello. Sebhan's in the house. Hey, We're in we, in we just office basically we took all the questions in. you asked yesterday and re asked them. I already asked all the good questions. <laughs> what could you possibly? We've uh,
1: been we've been just talking about you. Good, perfect.
0: <laughs> um, I meet with Jay Vera. I guess I'll do it in Jay's office. We're gonna We're be done. Up.
1: We're wrapping up very quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Boss, I don't want to. I don't want to have my own insecurities uh, passed on to you. Do you? Oh, I got plenty of my own. So is it easy for you to post your times out there to the world? No. Or, It's not, uh, some days are easier than
2: others. Like the days that I know that I've done like, oh yeah, that was a good workout for me. And like, I felt good about it. Yeah. It's like, no problem, of course. But there are definitely other days where I'm like, "Mm, maybe that one just doesn't need to go out there, (laughs) but you know, you got to do it. Um, why do you care? That's a good question. I, you know, I, I'm really hard on myself and, uh, I always have been, um, like really hard. And, uh, I have this weird notion that I'm like, well, I've been doing this stuff so long. I should be way better than I am. You know, for somebody who's in, who's invested as much time and thought and effort into being physical as I have, I'm like, yeah, I should be, I should be powerlifting elite totals and right crushing the cross. You know what I mean? So it, it it's hard to be confronted with the fact that like I'm never going to deadlift 700 pounds, you know, like I'm just, it's not going to happen for me. Um, Despite the fact that I've been deadlifting since, well, it's been 15, 16 years now, you know, and it's still pretty dismal. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's, I think it's that it's the, it's the knowledge of how much time and effort I've invested versus the expectation of what return should have happened not always matching up and that's ridiculous you know because that expectation is a non-reality it doesn't there's no guarantees in anything you know
1: is it just the time that gets you and again i'm I'm transferring yeah from, from my insecurities onto does it because it bothers me for example and i'm curious if it bothers you or i shouldn't say bothers makes me nervous makes me uncomfortable at times when i post my times mm. that i i feel whether it's true or not that there is a perception or whatnot that hey you're this individual who's well-known in the community, been around for a long time. So you must also be a tremendous athlete just sure. because yep. you're a face of the community. And then you put mm-hmm. out these times that are quite average and they're like, oh, that's rather disappointing. And and that might not be what's said, but I feel sometimes I'm like, ugh, like I'm, I'm letting. Yeah, I'm letting no, definitely. And,
2: and uh, a slightly different angle on that. Is that most people, especially these days, they're not—they're not, they're not going to pay attention to the long term. They're going to pay attention to what they see right now, and so they see that one, you know, effort that it was a great effort, but like maybe the result was not as titanic as you'd hoped it would be. And I guess the fear is that that's how they're going to perceive you forever. You know, um, I, I remember reading a really influential book to me at the time by Bill Pearl old bodybuilder. And at the end, he had this thing about training longevity, which I think is really, really uh, important. And he was talking about working out with a dude who was, I can't remember the age of him, but he was, you know, advanced. He was 60 something, whatever. And uh, the conversation was something along the lines of, well, how do you reconcile the fact that at age 65, you're not putting up, you know, as much weight as maybe you were when you were couple of decades younger you know the progress that you see isn't quite as linear as it used to be and the response was well, what do you mean like i've effectively stopped time you know i'm i'm putting up the same weights and times as i was when i was 50 and i'm 65 now i've 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 had a neutral effect for 15 years like that's pretty amazing especially compared to the average person you know and so i think that's is good perspective is, yeah. You know, so I'm 34 and I'm putting up better times than I was when I was, you know, 22. Even if they're not the best in the world, sometimes that's worth remembering, you know.
1: I think I can get lost in our little community too. Like what oh, yeah. what an amazing honor, privilege or blessing, whatever you want to call it, that we get to interact with such totally. incredible freaks of nature that you look around and everyone's a yoked savage and you're like, well, that's That's the norm. It must be the norm because this is what I see every day. I'm nowhere near there and it's easy to become hard on yourself. All you need to do is get a couple of tickets, Mm -mm. go to Six Flags for the weekend, go to the water park, (laughs) see America walking around. You're like, you know what? I'm actually doing pretty good. I'm doing all right. And it actually, it surprises me to
0: hear it from both of you guys, um, especially you, Boz, because... uh, you and I, in particular, like we basically got to open up the raincoat and show people Ugh. what we got, like to a live audience. Uh, that's and that's that would really my nightmare. Yeah, it's tough. What's coming, buddy? <laughs> I can so <laughs> stoked. The Sherwoods are joining us. This is probably uh, air after the fact, but. The Sherwoods are joining us on the live announcement of the team series. This can be fantastic. That's awesome. So it's a it's a, it's a no, worst nightmare no. for you. It I boss has been whooping my ass. My hats off to you guys for the past I get couple of years. So nervous before those. Like it's yeah. really hard for. Oh, me, I get more it. nervous for that than the broadcast. But at yeah. the same time, for me, I, I don't know. I've effectively dis disconnected. I don't like losing, but I've disconnected my self worth from it. Right. Like I know that last week, like you and me did two workouts a day for two different days because. I went to a music festival, had a pretty damn good time and came back. And I'm still proud of what we accomplished. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's interesting to me that I understand what you guys are saying about um, wanting to live up to people's expectations. But I think it's a great representation also of like, I I think you guys in particular um, demonstrate living a balanced and meaningful life while also having fitness be a major component of it. And again, that's the confusion of like, what, what are we trying to do here? I'm not trying, I'm not like your realization, you're never going to deadlift 700. I'm not going to be in the CrossFit games. And I'm immature sometimes about like separating that mm-hmm. in my mind. So, you know, everyone's, I'll have a great
1: workout and I'm like, oh dude, maybe I could do it.
0: I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think every time. But in the, but oh, I really man. know the reality. You yeah. Know? Well, I feel and, the
1: pressure. Like you were saying, like I've been doing this for so long. I feel like I work out in my garage. People don't see me work out. They may see the times that now they're going to see me work out. They're going to be like well this dude's been around forever can somebody please explain his movement because it's not it looks terrible <laughs> you move a lot
2: better than you let on like i That's know you true. have some struggles with some positions but like i've worked out with you enough to know that you you move way better than your online personality would suggest you've got the pat sherwood persona that is all ah shucks ability about it, to but suffer yeah <laughs> but, but even technically like you know you you do better than than you let on um but yeah, on that, I do think that's why it's important to, for people to not be afraid to put things out there because there, you know, the honest truth is that there's going to be ups and downs and you're going to have performances that you're really proud of and you're going to have performances that you're like, yeah, that didn't go the way it ha- should have or I would have liked it to. But that is so irrelevant in the big picture. The, what is relevant is the consistency. That's really it. I mean, if you were to boil it down to anything, that's it. Are you going to be doing it for the next... You know, five, six, ten years, and if the answer is no, well, then who cares about your stellar time today? You know, like that's not. You, you, there, there's more to it than
1: that. Yeah, you, you have to have the long game in mind, in my opinion. That leaps to the front of my mind in Adrian Bosman saying or answer to a question in a level one environment, encapsulating that where the, the classic question would be, training methodology A, B, or C, or you know paid program a b or c and you would always say something along the lines of hey everybody like do you know do you know which program yields the greatest results it's the one that you show up to every single day Mm -hmm. and you passionately pour your heart into for a consistently long period of time instead of the one that intrigues you for a month it was too hard or boring you drop it you go somewhere else like you've got to just stay that few things kind of trump consistency and effort in the long haul yeah and and you know perfection is one of those i
2: i see this everywhere where people create this ideal in their mind and then anything less of that is just not worth pursuing at all and you're like well (laughs) that's ridiculous because then you'll never start anything you know because the ideal doesn't exist it never does we do not live in a flawless world you know so if that's the way you're setting yourself up it's 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 self-defeating you mm-hmm. said
0: you said that uh I think I think it was last year. When we sat down, we had beers, and we were talking about the Open. Mm. And that was a fan. I loved it when you said it, uh something to that effect back then. Like, oh, I'm not going to sign up for the Open if I'm not going to win it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I'm what not going to, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to be the world's best violinist, so I'm not going to try it. Yeah, um, it's
2: not, not even going to start. Right. You
0: know?
1: It's like, well, that's dumb. Yeah. I got a roll. I'm getting I'm getting angry texts from Hebrew Can where. Uh, so I think there's a lot of meat left on the bone. So there's ton of could, meat we left. We can always say. Uh, well, I like chatting. We can always have, say part one. Yeah, we need to have this individual back. Yeah, for sure. So, boss, you in town? You're not. I mean, you're not here just for this day. You were in practice for the upcoming for the team series tomorrow. Uh, what was the question? You're not in town this morning just to do this. podcast. No, no, no. So I, you're, I mean, yeah, you were in the office today. Got other thing. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's chat some more, but at a later at a later time because. As much as we would like to dive into the entity that is Adrian Bosman, I believe well, the it community should be as well. less about me, but <laughs> it's all about you. you're the podcast guest, <laughs> the, my friend. Oh my but God. God. Uh, I, that was fun. Yeah. I, yeah, we'll I think do. that's an interesting thing. Actually, we could get get to this later on. That I think it's tough to interview individuals like to, to, to have a good interview about adrian bosman he needs to show up willing to just chat about himself yeah uh, a lot which for a lot of people is uh, uh you know i don't mind challenge. that to
2: a point but
0: it's weird after a while <laughs> that's our goal man make it weird yeah but they're nuggets man then it's it's uh a lot of it is the world through your lens not just you know not just all about boss so i appreciate true. you I, pre- I always appreciate conversations with you my friend
1: Bam! Thanks brother. Until next time. Thank you guys.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Is that where you play the outro music?
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba